Day 163 of 365, the Bible Challenge with Abby Joy. Psalm 73, verses 1 to 14. Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seemed to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jewelled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut through the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people, enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no good reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. Hmm. Acts chapter 7 verse 44 to chapter 8 verse 3. Our ancestors carried the tabernacle with them throughout the wilderness. It was constructed according to the plan God had shown to Moses. Years later, when Joshua led our ancestors in battle against the nations that God drove out of this land, the tabernacle was taken with them into their new territory. And it stayed there until the time of King David. David found favour with God and asked for the privilege of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who actually built it. However, the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? asked the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both heaven and earth? You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were in infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honour at God's right hand. And he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing in the place of honour at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him, and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. 
As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Two Samuel chapter eighteen verses nineteen to chapter nineteen verse forty three. Then Zadok's son Ahimaz said, Let me run to the king with the good news that the Lord has rescued him from his enemies. No, Joab told him, it wouldn't be a good news to, to the king that his son is dead. You can be my messenger another time, but but not today. Then Joab said to a man from Ethiopia, Go tell the king what you have seen. The man bowed and ran off. But Ahimaz continued to plead with Joab, Whatever happens, please let me go too. Why should you go, my son? Joab replied. There will be no reward for your news. Yes, but let me go anyway, he begged. Joab finally said, All right, go ahead. So Ahimaz took the less demanding route by way of the plain and ran to Mahanaim ahead of the Ethiopian. While David was sitting between the inner and outer gates of the town, the watchman climbed to the roof of the gateway by the wall. As he looked, he saw a lone man running toward them. He shouted the news down to David, and the king replied, If he is alone, he has news. As the messenger came closer, the watchman saw another man running toward them. He shouted, Here comes another one! The king replied, He also will have news. The first man runs like Ahimaz, son of Zadok, the watchman said. He is a good man and comes with good news, the king replied. Then Ahimaz cried out to the king, Everything is all right! He bowed before the king with his face to the ground and said, Praise to the Lord your God, who has handed over the rebels who dared to stand against my lord the king. But what about young Absalom, the king demanded. Is he all right? Ahimaz replied, When Joab told me to come, there was a lot of commotion, but I didn't know what was happening. Wait here, the king told him. So Ahimaz stepped aside. Then the, king from, then the man from Ethiopia arrived and said, I have good news for my lord the king. Today, the Lord rescued you from all those who rebelled against you. But what about young Absalom, the king demanded? Is he all right? And the Ethiopian replied, May all of your enemies, my lord the king, both now and in the future, share the fate of that young man. The king was overcome with emotion. He went up to the room over the gateway and burst into tears. As he went, he cried, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Word soon reached Joab that the king was weeping and mourning for Absalom. 
As all the people heard of the king's deep grief for his son, the joy of that day's victory was turned into deep sadness. They crept back into the town that day, as though they were ashamed and had deserted in battle. The king covered his face with his hands and kept on crying, Oh, my son Absalom, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joab went to the king's room and said to him, We saved your life today, and the lives of your sons, your daughters, and your wives and concubines, yet you act like this, making us feel ashamed of ourselves. You seem to love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You've made it clear today that your commanders and troops mean nothing to you. It seems that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died, you would be pleased. Now go out there and congratulate your troops, for I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a single one of them will remain here tonight. Then you'll be worse off than ever before. So the king went out and took his seat at the town gate, and as the news spread throughout the town that he was there, everyone went to him. Meanwhile, the Israelites who had supported Absalom fled to their homes, and throughout all the tribes of Israel there was much discussion and argument going on. The people were saying, The king rescued us from our enemies and saved us from the Philistines, but Absalom chased him out of the country. Now Absalom, whom we anointed to rule over us, is dead. Why not ask David to come back and be our king again? Then King David sent Zadok and Abiathar, the priests, to say to the elders of Judah, Why are you the last ones to welcome back the king into his palace? For I have heard that all Israel is ready. You are my relatives, my own tribe, my own flesh and blood. So why are you the last ones to welcome back the king? And David told them to tell Amasa, Since you are my own flesh and blood, like Joab, May God strike me and even kill me if I do not appoint you as commander of my army in his place. Then Amasa convinced all the men of Judah, and they responded unanimously. They sent word to the king, Return to us and bring back all who are with you. So the king started back to Jerusalem, and when he arrived at the Jordan River, the people of Judah came to Gilgal to meet him and escort him across the river. Shimei, son of Jerah, the man from Baharim in Benjamin, hurried across with the men of Judah to welcome King David. A thousand other men from the tribe of Benjamin were with him, including Ziba, the chief servant of the house of Saul, and Ziba's fifteen sons and twenty servants. They rushed down to the Jordan to meet the king. They crossed the shallows of the Jordan to bring the king's household across the river, helping him in every way they could. As the king was about to cross the river, Shimei fell down before him. My lord, the king, please forgive me, he pleaded. Forget the terrible thing your servant did when you left Jerusalem. May the king put it out of his mind. I know how much I have sinned. That is why I have come here today, the very first person in all Israel, to greet my lord, the king. Then Abishai, son of Zariah, said, Shimei should die, for he cursed the lord's anointed king. Who asked your opinion? You sons of Zariah, David exclaimed. Why have you become my adversary today? This is not a day of execution, for today I am once again the king of Israel. Then, turning to Shimei, David vowed, Your life will be spared. Now, Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, came down from Jerusalem to meet the king. 
He had not cared for his feet, trimmed his beard, or washed his clothes since the day the king left Jerusalem. Why didn't you come with me, Mephibosheth? the king asked him. Mephibosheth replied, My lord, the king, my servant Zeba deceived me. I told him, Saddle my donkey so I can go with the king, for as you know I am crippled. Zeba has slandered me by saying that I refuse to come, but I know that my lord the king is like an angel of God, so do what you think is best. All my relatives and I could expect only death from you, my lord, but instead you have honoured me by allowing me to eat at your own table. What more can I ask? You've said enough, David replied. I've decided that you and Zeba will divide your land equally between you. Give him all of it, Mephibosheth said. I'm content just having you safely back again, my lord, the king. Barzillai of Gilead had come down from Rogalim to escort the king across the Jordan. He was very old, 80 years of age, and very wealthy. He was the one who had provided food for the king during his stay in Mahanaim. Come across with me and live in Jerusalem, the king said to to Barzillai. I will take care of you there. No, he replied, I am far too old to go with the king to Jerusalem. I am eighty years old today, and I can no longer enjoy anything. Food and wine are no longer tasty, and I cannot hear the singers as they sing. I would only be a burden to my lord the king. Just to go across the river with the, with the king is all the honour I need. Let me then return again to Dadai in my own town where my father and mother are buried. But here is your servant, my son, Kimham. Let him go with my lord the king and receive whatever you want to give him. Good, the king agreed. Kimham will go with me and will help me and I will help him in any way you would like and I will do for you anything you want. So all the people crossed the Jordan with the king. After David had blessed Barzillai and kissed him, Barzillai returned to his own home. The king then crossed over to Gilgal, taking Kimham with him. All the troops of Judah and half the troops of Israel escorted the king on his way. But all the men of Israel complained to the king. The men of Judah stole the king and didn't give us the honour of helping take you, your household and all your men across the Jordan. The men of Judah replied, The king is one of our own kingsmen. Why should this make you angry? We haven't eaten any of the king's food or received any special favours. But there are ten tribes in Israel, the others replied. So we have ten times as much right to the king as you do. What right do you have to to treat us with such contempt? Weren't we the first to speak of bringing him back to be our king again? The argument continued back and forth and the men of Judah spoke even more harshly than the men of Israel.